Warning, the following program is solely intended for a mature audience. Any of the idiotic opinions and views expressed on this show are solely opinions of Dark Cringe Radio and not of its advertisers, which is completely pointless because this poorly produced, dumbass podcast has no advertisers. Furthermore, any rebroadcast or redistribution of Dark Friend Radio podcasts without per- the permission is strictly prohibited. If you do, we will find you. And then we will send three black-eyed children to your home or office to collect your soul. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Dark French Radio. Dark French Radio. I'm your host, Will Martinez, here with you guys tonight. Thanks for joining on the podcast. we got a great one for you tonight. We're high-powered. Let's go. Jay, what's up? Back and better than yesterday. That's right. Back and better than yesterday, the day before that, and the one before that one, too. <laughs> How's it going, man? It's going great, my man. Going great. How are you doing? Good, man. Good, good. And just uh, trying to get over this cold and uh, getting my voice back, so... Very happy that it's uh, finally coming back around for me, man. But uh, thanks for uh, you guys uh, hanging in there with us. And sorry we weren't able to drop a new episode last week. And uh, But that was mainly because I didn't even have a goddamn voice. My voice was completely gone. So um, I'm still trying to get over it right now. As you can hear, I sound a little nasally. So, But um, yeah, just getting back into the groove of things. And uh, it'll just be uh, me and Jay this week. Uh, Gab's sitting out this week, and we'll have her next week once uh, she's back in uh, you know working order. Wanted to go over some of the social media stuff like we do every week. Um, you can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and also Instagram. You can look that up on uh, – just look up Dark Fringe Radio, and uh, you can find out all our information there. And uh, we always post stuff on a daily basis, some really cool information, uh, different stories, um, everything across the board from religion to politics to the paranormal – Everything. I mean, you, you name it, we put it up on there. So a lot of interesting stuff there. If you have any suggestions for the show or if you have um, any uh, you know stuff that you want to send in to us uh, that you may have uh, witnessed or uh, may have some information on, uh, you can send that directly to us at thedarkfringe at gmail.com. Again, that's thedarkfringe at gmail.com. And um, how to listen to um, our podcast, very simple. If you have an iPhone, just use your iTunes app and just look up Dark Fringe Radio. When you do that, please, this is a big, big thing that we uh, definitely need. We need you to go in there and give us a five-star rating. Uh, Jay, I don't know. I, you know, I can't express how important this is for the podcast because – um, you know, we're trying to get up there in the ranks. We're trying to get more people to look at our podcast and try to, you know, expand it and, uh, you know, deliver it to more people. The only way we can do that is by you guys helping us out. You know, it's a free podcast we give to you guys every week. If we, you just do one favor for us is go on there, give us a five-star rating, give us a comment, and uh, it'll really, really help us out. So if you could do that for us, uh, we'd really appreciate it. If you have an Android phone, um, you can just go on your Play Music app and look up Dark Fringe Radio. We're there as well. Please do the same exact thing on that as well. If you're not on either, say, for instance, you're on a laptop or if you're on a, uh iTablet or something like that, uh, you can just go to uh, a SoundCloud. Just look up SoundCloud.com. And just go to the same thing, Dark Fringe Radio. All our episodes will be there from episode number one to recent. So you can catch all our stuff there. Jay, um, did I uh, miss anything, you think? No, it sounds like you cover everything with the exception of the pretty please five-star like and comment. 
That's Let right. us know what we can do to make it better for you. That's right. Exactly. Exactly, man. It's you know that's all we can ask for. You know, that's uh, we we give you a free podcast every week. It costs you nothing just to download and listen to the podcast. Um, all you can do for us, if you can, is just do that for us, and uh, we'd really appreciate it. So, um, a couple things I wanted to also mention. A couple shout outs. One to Alani uh, Booth, who's a, a a follower of the podcast and is always contributing as well and giving some feedback. And uh, we want to also give our our thoughts and mentions to the uh, people of Hawaii. A lot of crazy stuff happening over there with the explosions of the uh, the volcanoes and all that stuff that's happening there. And also to the people of Texas um, regarding the school shooting that just happened uh, a day or two ago. So I uh, wanted to give our thoughts and uh, good uh, energy and well wishes to all those people in those areas to uh, make sure they get past those tough times. You know, Jay, it's really hard for a lot of people out there right now. Yeah, man. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world and, and with the volcano and, and another school shooting, you know, like I said, right after, right after the hurricane, it's, this is a great time for us to, to band together and, and uh, hopefully we can help out our fellow man, even if doing nothing more than just sending our, our support and our love uh, to those who are in, in rough times. Yeah, I couldn't say it better myself, man. You're absolutely right. So, um, well, that listen, that brings um, the end to the intro. You want to jump into the news, Jay? How's that sound? Works for me, my man. All right, let's jump into it head first. For 15 years, I've been trying to teach you how to write a lead. Do I have to do everything myself? Get the story, write the story? No. We'll do it live! Fuck it! I was looking at the James Brown wig. Fucking thing sucks! That's your kind of thing, Marie. You love doing it yourself. Sometimes, yeah. I, I can. Take <laughs> Confucius say, I do not think this story has much validity. <laughs> All right, Jay. So um, a lot of uh, interesting things that are happening out in the news right now. I wanted to bring one thing up um, that I saw that uh, was uh, very, very interesting to me. Did you see this headline about this Arizona woman that stalked this man? And she actually sent him over 65,000 texts within a month. I saw the headline, but I, I couldn't afford any IQ points to read it. <laughs> well, listen, it's one of those real, like, uh, unnerving type of, like, fatal attraction-ish type things, dude. Because, you know, this lady was going absolutely crazy with some of the things that she was saying and um, that she was actually doing as well. So um, this guy goes on this date with this girl, right? And, you know, everything seems to go okay. Um, and, you know, no big deal. They ended like normal. You know, you didn't think anything special happened. There was no chemistry. You know what I'm saying, Jay? You know, when you go on a date and, you know, there's just nothing happens. It's real flat. You don't think anything of it. You're just like, okay, yeah, this is not going to happen again. Whatever, right? So that's what this guy was thinking. And um, so what happened after that was just a string and a slew of just craziness. It ended up to the point where, like I said earlier, she sent him 65,000 texts, all crazy kinds of things that she was saying to the, to the point where she she said she wanted to bathe in his blood, admitted thinking that Hitler was a genius and just like all really crazy off the wall kinds of shit. And, um, yeah, this guy, unfortunately, um, just had to endure all this stuff and, you know, he's living in Phoenix, right? Um, and he was receiving like 500 texts a day. Then after a while, you know, it kind of died down. But then all of a sudden when he was at work, you know how you have one of those, you know, home security systems where you can check on uh, the cameras, you know, remotely on, on your um, cell phone 
and you can see, you know, real time what's going on inside your house, Jay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, buddy, you know, that's what he's doing. He's at work. He's like, oh, well, let me just see and let me check to see what's going on. Next thing you know, he sees her in his bathroom taking a bath in his shower and in his in his, his bathroom. And he's just sitting there watching this happening. And he's just wondering, like, he can't, you know, he just can't believe that this is happening. So he calls the cops and then, you know, she leaves before the cops gets there. Um, but they finally catch her and. You know, it's really funny because when you see her in some of the photos like that she sent him, she looks completely different because she has her makeup on and everything like that. But then when you see her like booking photo, you can see the crazy in her eyes, Jay. You can see it, dude. Like you can see that crazy in there. You know, when you see a girl and you know that there's that crazy look in their eye. Yeah, I've seen it many times. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she's got that crazy look in her eyes. So very unnerving, unnerving thing, you know. Could you imagine you're you know you're at home and then all of a sudden you're hearing something like this? Open <laughs> You know what I mean? That's you, you don't want that in your life. Do you, I mean, do you want that in your life? That's not what I want. I mean, that's just sounds like some craziness. Yeah, no, I've I've been through that prior patch of crazy. There was a girl I dated that it I dumped her three days in a row. <laughs> three days and in a ev- row. <laughs> ev- every day for three days in a row, and she kept coming back and trying to pretend like we were still a couple, and finally. On that fourth day, she was like, I think you need a friend more than you need a girlfriend. So I'm going to be that friend for you because I know that we're meant to be. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and that was funny crazy for me. Thanks. Yeah, instead of uh, 50 first dates, it's like 50 last breakups <laughs> for you. <laughs> well, we we know I've had to hack through a briar patch of crazy bitches. I mean, it's just true. That's true. That's true. That's true. All right, Jade, what do you have on your uh, on your side over there? Uh, I have a couple, although they do all seem to kind of go around the um, the whole nature theme. Uh, the first one is uh, there's a man who lives in Colorado. His name is Dylan McWilliams. Um, he's had a few deadly and very unlucky encounters with a couple of animals. Um, the 20-year-old was bodyboarding in Notion off uh, Kauai on Thursday, uh, and he believes that he was bitten by a tiger shark. Oh, uh, it was about eight feet long uh, and bit a nice chunk out of his leg. He ended up having to swim 30 meters to get back to the shore. Um, now, he's a survival training instructor, so he's fairly calm in, these, in a lot of these situations. Uh, the crazy part of this dude is that's not his first interaction with a deadly animal. Uh, he's also been uh, bitten by a bear while he was asleep. Um, outside of tent as he was camping. Uh, he was able to defend himself by pinching the, pinching the bear and poking its thigh, oh cutting it to loosen its grip, where, where it, it let him alone and took off. Uh, and those two attacks, well, the first one he had in, in Utah, uh, after he'd been, he'd been bitten by a rattlesnake. What the fuck? Nature's trying to tell us to do something, man. He's been bitten by a tiger shark, a rattlesnake, and a bear. Uh, I mean, what are the fucking odds? Yeah, the the guy has bad luck. He needs to stay inside. Yeah, seriously. Pick up, like, needlepoint or something. <laughs> something. Stay inside, play video games. You know, uh, do VR of nature indoors because uh, nature outside is not working for you, buddy, because it, it's mad at you. No, yeah, seriously. I, he's a survival instructor. I mean, the guy survived some shit, but that being said, I I think the message is loud and, loud and clear for this uh, Mr. Mick Williams that 
he's supposed to be an indoor dude. Well, you know what's uh, fascinating about it is that he's he's going to make it through, right, from this attack. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It fit his leg. He's uh, he had to get uh, several stitches, but the bite itself wasn't severe. He was ill for a few days from uh, the things that are in the shark's mouth and and the antibiotics he had to be on. But uh, he's expected to make a full recovery. Okay, so you know what's interesting? This guy could come out with his own reality show. I mean, what reality show guy can say, hey, listen, I've been bitten by a bear, I've been bitten by a shark, and I've been bitten by a rattlesnake? Not many, I don't think. There's something there. There's something. Like, can you survive Can you survive? when I survive? Something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, man. Well, listen, that guy's lucky, very lucky, and maybe unlucky at the same time, so who knows. All right. Well, um, that's a pretty cool story. I uh, wanted to jump into some uh, pretty odd news. Uh, did you hear about this model uh, who has an emotional support animal? Um, and it's a little bit of the unkind. Um, it's, it's, a, a, it's a dinosaur, right? Yeah, right. It's a dinosaur. Well, actually, it is a dinosaur because it's a hen. And uh, chickens are considered dinosaurs or at least cousins to the dinosaurs, you know, down the... Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, Again, <laughs> I read the headline, but I figured I was stupid enough to not need that nonsense. <laughs> well, listen, it, you know, this uh, lady, unfortunately, has this uh, emotional support animal. So she walks around with this hen everywhere she goes. Um, literally everywhere, and uh, she'll be in the subway, at a restaurant, and she's just sitting there with this chicken. She said that one day that um, she uh, went to an environmental activist um, show or or a gathering, and they were actually auctioning off chickens, and she actually bought one of these chickens and thinking she was going to give it up to like a farm like the next day, but unfortunately, she said that she uh, kind of fell in love with it and kept it since then. So, um, I just I don't know, Jay. What's your what's your take on these emotional support animal things? I, I don't know. Um, that's a hard question for me to answer because for me personally, I've had a few animals and pets in my life. I don't currently have any pets because I have four children and that's pets enough. Oh yeah. Uh, people tend to be very close. I know I watched my dad go through a hard time, uh, and he had a dog that he was super duper close with. Um, and I've seen people get so attached to their animals, that they do become like that friend that you miss. Like when, when you're alone and you really need something, you know, you know, they're there. It's pure love. And that can sometimes give you the emotional support you need to get through something. But that being said, I, I had trouble believing that we need to take things like animals or dogs or fish or dinosaurs on airplanes. Or, you know, you see these people carrying their, they're little rat dogs, and I say that my daughter having a Yorkie that she likes to take everywhere. Uh, they're little tiny Chihuahua-like dogs or whatever in these bags, and they just go everywhere. Like I, yeah, I know what you're I talking think, about. I, I think that's unnecessary, but you know, that's me. Yeah, no, listen, I, I'm with you on that. Um, you know, and I'm with you where you can see some of these emotional support animals look like they actually need their own emotional support animal. Like I seen one <laughs> at the airport the other day where it was like shaking, you know what I mean? He's like tugging it along and I'm like, how is that supporting you? You're supporting it. And the poor thing is like shaking. It looks like it has, you know, you know, some kind of illness and you know, it's, I, I don't know, man. I just, when I see stuff like that, I just think of people just taking advantage of stuff like that. You know what I mean? And it just, it bothers me sometimes. So anyways, but yeah, weird story about this model in uh, New York and uh, her emotional support hen. Um, you know, there you go. 
you know, it's just another. It sounds Pollo Loco to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, what else do you have over there, Jay? Uh, I have another story. Uh, this one also revolves around a bear, but it revolves around a Canadian zoo that's being fined. Do you know why they're being fined, Will? No, please tell me. They took the bear out for ice cream. What the fuck? Are you serious? Serious. So, uh, Discovery Wildlife Park in Alberta, Canada, um, they drove uh, Berkeley the bear to a Dairy Queen to get ice cream. Uh, they shared a video of him being fed through the window uh, by the store's owner, which, I'm sorry, only only in Canada. <laughs> only in Canada. Only in Canada is that going to happen. Uh, the, the owners of the park, Doug Boyce and Debbie Rowland, have been charged under the Wildlife Act. I admit that they had been, quote-unquote, busy and made a mistake by not telling local governments about Berkeley's trip. Um, the state, in a statement posted on social media, the park had said, the conclusion of the investigation has resulted in them being charged under Section 12, uh, Paragraph 3 of the Wildlife Act, where they, fail, they failed to do under this section was to notify the Fish and Wildlife ahead of time that they were going to be taking Berkeley off-site. Uh, they've been in operation for over 28 years, and it's the first time they, they've failed to notify Fish and Wildlife before taking an animal off-site. Uh, from the Alberta Zoo standards that they fall under. Uh, they say that they appreciate the, the Fish and Wildlife for following the highest standards to ensure the best care and well-being for animals in their care. And they said they're going to pay the fine and have already instituted changes to protocols to make sure that the practice is followed through the next time, and they will not, uh, they'll make sure they do it every time without fail. Quick question. Why are they taking a bear out for fucking ice cream? I, no? Not a question? Not curious? No, no. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I just don't understand that. I mean, what are, was it a, like an experiment for some reason, or they just did it just to do it for fun? It's it's something that they said they've done previously. It's something that they do from time to time. Um, I don't know if it's to reward the animal. They'll say they, at no point do they ever actually say why they do it. <laughs> they say they've done it before. They say that they they just they were too busy to let you know the Canadian government know that they were going to be doing it. Right. Uh, another question. I know. Again, I'm a weird guy coming things from weird angles. Why is the owner of the Dairy Queen feeding the bear the ice cream? I, I would not do that. I don't know. I like my hands. That is a hell of a public. Like uh, you could make a nice hello, like uh, good Twitter, like. Uh, live video for that one. <laughs> Could you imagine I have a Facebook Live? Yeah, we're headed right here from uh, the you know Hagen Dogs Central, and we're feeding the bear. <laughs> what do you think the bear's favorite? What do you think the bear's favorite flavor is? Human, <laughs> probably right. Rocky Road. Well, that's a pretty crazy story. Um, yeah, I don't understand the whole situation with the bear, but that's uh, pretty interesting. I wanted to talk about a story real quick here, Jay. Um, there's this guy who's was actually the manager of the Department of Defense Aerospace Threat Program. And um, he says that, of course, UFOs are real. So now, this is something that we toss around all the time and we talk about. And, you know, you hear about these guys that always come out and say these things. But um, this guy named Luis Elizondo, he actually ran um, the important project at the DOD. He was the um, senior career intelligence officer who experienced, uh, included working with the U.S. Army, the Department of Defense, 
uh, the National Counterintelligence Executive and the Director of the National Intelligence uh, Committee. He also uh, served as the Director of the National Program Special Management Staff in the Office of the Secretary of Defense. Uh, he's also the former Director of Programs to Investigate Unidentified Aerial Threats. That's what they call them now, Jay. Um, UATs uh, for the Office of the Security of Defense. Basically, uh, he was the architect of partnerships that uh, some sensitive places to help protect um, technology that's involved when they investigate the extraordinary. So that's what he, uh, he was talking about when he was talking about this um, particular um, event that they 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 were at. And um, they asked him if these unidentified objects would be considered threats. And he said they weren't. Uh, he actually said they exhibit over... Um, Actually, under hostility, he said. Uh, it's something that's unexplained, is always assumed to be a potential threat, uh, but it isn't um, because they have made no, um, you know, any any indications of such. So they're actually um, at the verge of becoming more closer and understanding um, how everything operates uh, between the two. Um, that's what he's saying. And um, it's just a lot of information that he's come out with, um, you know, uh, as a whistleblower. Uh, from the DOD um, coming out with more evidence, you know, about UFOs. What do you think, Jay? I'm hopeful that there's going to be a little more honesty from our government on um, things they've seen, things they've reported on, um, things that they believe. I believe, as I said in our our UFO special, that uh, there are UFOs. I believe we've been visited by them. I, I don't know why we don't know more aside from the fact that our government's trying to keep us from freaking the fuck out, which slightly appreciate it. Yeah, I can um, see that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it, let's, it's hopeful. I'm hopeful that they're going to come out and say, listen, yes, we have been visited. We There's now proof that we're not the only intelligent life and we would like to go ahead and proceed in a peaceful manner and, you know, do you really think though, Jay, yeah. do you think we'd really freak out though at this point? I, don't you think we've been conditioned enough? Through, you know, movies and uh, through, you know, just different various things, you know. I would love to say yes. I would love to believe that our species has evolved far enough to where we can not be afraid of something new. That being said, we are still a country. We are still, not even just a country, on hold. We are afraid of what we don't know and what we don't understand. And that fear makes us dangerous, even if only to ourselves. That's true. That's true. You know, he also stated that he ran a sensitive aerospace threat identification program, uh, which focused on unidentified aerial technologies. And uh, his job there uh, was to work as a liaison and uh, to, as a, you know, add to the collection of information uh, for the science division, allowing us to collect, you know, facts for analysis. The result of the positioning managing the DOD program for almost a decade, he said that he learned that the phenomena is indeed real. And in short, in less than two weeks after leaving the Pentagon, uh, Luis Elizondo confirmed that UFOs are real, they exist, and have been officially documented many times. And so now can we actually argue this point anymore? I mean, I think we're past the point of actually knowing that they're real. Um, I think... I really do believe that we're past that point, Jay. Um, I think when the government finally does say, yeah, you know, X, Y, and Z, uh, I think we're all going to be sitting here like, okay, we, uh, we kind of knew that already. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Some of us. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, some, some of us. But, some. but you know, uh, reality tends to be what you, what you perceive it to be. And, 
you know, I was listening to on the Joe Rogan podcast just the other, the other day. It was one he had done a while back with Neil deGrasse Tyson. And Neil deGrasse Tyson had a, a, a point that he had made about the whole Earth being flat, hollow Earth, things of that nature. Uh, that sometimes he'll have conversations with people, and, and he really tries not to get frustrated, um, but he's, he's made it very... He's gotten to a point where he, he has it very efficient, how the conversation goes. Um, people tell him what they believe. He will ask them what their biggest reason for thinking that is. He will then debunk their reason. And if they continue to believe it, he says that's fine, but he's going to go his own way because he's got far too many things to do. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel I, I see that on a, a grand scheme within society in and of itself. And it seems more recent with our generation, unfortunately, is that if we don't want to believe something, we literally can just turn a blind, a blind eye to it and be like, well, you know, fuck you, I don't have to believe you. Um, instead of always being able to look at facts and statistics. Very true. That's, uh, we have that, uh, you know, uh, kind of way about us. We do that all the time. So you're absolutely right. Uh, Jay, do you know who Allison Mack is by chance? Allison Mack? Yeah. Nope. Have you seen that show called Smallville? I think you may have seen it. Oh, you're talking, you're talking about the... Yeah, okay. Yes, yes, yes. I did not know her by name, but I know I know who you're talking of, yes. Yeah, so you heard about the headline then, right? Uh, that she was trafficking children for weird cult sex stuff? <laughs> yeah. yeah, something out of some kind of creepy Hollywood movie. Um, yeah, she was working for like a Hollywood sex cult thing, and they were like... Um, Bringing on when they were they were bringing on women in uh, in this like little cult of theirs and making them slaves. They were branding women with like hot cauterizing pens and through interviews uh, they with close friends and ex members of the cult. Uh, they revealed how there was this guy who was like at the top of this you know cult and he was like revered and he was like kind of like the man that everybody worked for and this Allison Mack was um, you know one of the people that he had uh, working for him and she was basically grooming other Hollywood actresses, you know, to join this cult and uh, be a part of it. So, yeah, so basically what they would do is they would um, uh, say that they were organizing a group for women empowerment. So, you know, that's a big thing nowadays, you know, um, especially in the Hollywood um, circles, you know, you want to really, you would think, you know, you see something like that for face value, Jay, and you say, okay, women empowerment, you think that's a great thing, right? You think there's nothing wrong there, nothing nefarious. But obviously there was something really deep and, you know, um, evil going on in there. And uh, so they were posing as this women empowerment um, thing. Uh, and then they would recruit these women. And then slowly but surely um, it would turn into, uh, you know, they would manipulate them and to the point where they would make them slaves. And, um, you know, they were trafficking them. They were, you know, moving them from country to country. And now this lady, this Allison Mackerel, she's, um, you know, she's um, in trouble. Her, she had a bond for like a million dollars. She's on house arrest. She's not going anywhere anytime soon. But, um, you know, no. yeah, it's just crazy to think that something like this is happening in Hollywood right now. Yes and no. Again, you have to say it can't be surprising with all the shit we've been finding out with things from, you know, Weinstein and uh, I mean, just all this other weird shit. I mean, Hollywood is possibly the weirdest place on the planet. Probably right. I mean... To be a really good actor or actress, you do have to be slightly fucking weird. You have to be uh, 
a little eccentric. You had to definitely compartmentalize because you had to be in a room full of people who are watching you act like somebody totally different, but just be comfortable with taking on this character or this persona. So in a bit, you have to be a bit weird. You have to be a bit strange. And sometimes those things come with weird proclivities like cauterizing children. Yeah, it's just amazing. And I'm not saying it's acceptable, but I, it, it doesn't shock me that, that it happened. But then on the on the flip side, with all the kind of Me Too stuff going on, all the, you know, women becoming a bigger voice, it shocks me to hear that you have one woman. And, this, and, and stuff like this, it, it can really throw a, a large monkey wrench into women's empowerment because you have this woman who is not only not empowering women, she's quite going the other direction where she's helping groom them to have less independent thought, independent will, and, and that's, that's dangerous. It's just like, have you heard about the, uh, the safety for the 49ers? No, I haven't heard about that. So the, the, one of the safeties for the 49ers um, has been under investigation of domestic abuse. It's a big issue with the NFL right now, and, and this, uh, this particular 49ers safety has been on suspension and, and under investigation. Well, turns out the woman who is an ex-girlfriend wanted to ruin his life, so she made up a story, um, but has now come out and kind of folded under the pressure in the inv- of the investigation to say that she actually just made it all up. She just wanted to ruin his life and ruin his, his public persona. But you end up, when you do things like that, kind of knocking down anything any other woman would do to come out and who is an actual victim of uh, domestic violence. Yeah, you're right. It does. And it does push that back. And um, again, what do you, I mean, to me, when you hear about a woman actually making a false claim like that and coming out, you know, after the fact, saying that she made it all up, do you think that person should get time? I think so. That's just my opinion. But do you Fuck think- yeah. Yeah, I, I think that. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, I think that goes unpunished. I think that goes pun- so unpunished so many times. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that there's enough of a of a, an effect for making a false claim of such. I mean, that's that's you're ruining somebody's life. And not only that, you know, even if that person is found innocent after you say what you say, you know, okay, yeah, I lied. The stigma is still around that person. It it follows them no matter what. You know, if they go to get a job or whatever, that's just gonna always come up. You know. Whenever they do a background check on you, you know, that's just, you know, stuff like that. It's just, it's just so, you know, unsettling to me because, you know, you always see these people that do stuff like that and there's no repercussion for their actions at all. No, it's a fucking shame. It's a shame. All all too often, all too often, things that should be punished go unpunished and things that shouldn't be punished end up leading to people being in prison. Right. Well, you know, this um, this actress, uh, Allison Mack, you know, she would groom these girls and um, thinking that they were going to meet this guy who was called Vanguard. And, you know, of course, he has some kind of mysterious name called Vanguard. What fucking prick would come out with some name called Vanguard? Come on. So, yeah, you would have to pay like $7,500 to meet Vanguard. And, um, you know, it was just it would go from like a, you know, just a downward spiral after that. So, yeah, it's just another unfortunate um Example of, you know, the evil, creepy side of Hollywood is showing itself into the public eye again. So, well, listen, uh, that's a wrap for the news this week. Uh, Jay, you have anything else? That's it for me, brother. All right. Well, next we're going to discuss a movie that's just been 
going crazy in the box office. It's Infinity Wars, the Avengers' uh, latest installment of the Marvel movies uh, franchise. And uh, me and Jack are going to discuss that, and uh, he's not going to spoil a lot of it for me, but uh, we're going to talk about that movie. And then uh, after that, we'll get into our main topic, which is time travel. So just uh, stick around. And thanks, Jay, for coming on the podcast and talking about this movie. Uh, Of course, uh, what we're talking about is Avengers Infinity War. And I wanted to give a quick rundown of the movie. I actually know a lot about the plot uh, via the comic books. But uh, Jay actually saw the movie, and we're going to discuss that and not give up too many plot details. But uh, we're going to talk about that now. So, Jay, tell me. How was this movie, man? Tell me how, uh, how it all worked out, man, at the end. Tell us. Opening weekend, it's un-fucking-believable. It's got to be in my top three all-time favorite comic book movies. All three, huh? Wow. So give, give, us, a, give us a rundown, Jay. Tell, me, tell, tell us what it's about. Well, it's, it's about Thanos, the Mad Titan, and they've been building up to the appearance of Thanos uh, for years now, since actually the, the very first Avengers. They've kind of set traps, set things in motion amongst the entire uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe or the MCU to kind of culminate in the Infinity Wars. You have uh, Captain America kind of being on the out. You have Iron Man trying to get his life back together. You have all the things that Thor has gone through with Ragnarok. You have the Black Panther becoming uh, one of the biggest grossing movies of all time, explaining um, Wakanda and vibranium and how important that is and how technologically sound they are. You have the Doctor Strange movie and how interdimensional travel is huge. You have the Guardians of the Galaxy showing that there's wider sphere of existence beyond our tiny little galaxy. And as everything kind of flows, uh, you see how it will all come together. And the interaction of all these different factions of different teams from the original Avengers to the new Avengers to the Guardians of the Galaxy to uh, offshoots like Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. And and it's interesting when they start inter, intermingling those things. Like you have Star-Lord going back and forth with Thor. You have Doctor Strange and Tony Stark going a little back and forth. You have an internal struggle, as always, with Bruce Banner and the Hulk, but it's a little bit different this time. There's so much that goes into it. Um, and then on the top, you have by far the most powerful villain we've ever seen in any movie ever in Thanos. And in comic books, I'm a big comic book guy. I never found Thanos to be that empowering or that deep of a character he always had the one ultimate goal but josh brolin as thanos really did a beautiful job of adding in layers to this character and how he how driven and and singular minded he is but how he still interacts with people even though they might be his enemies on the battlefield uh this thanos almost almost makes you root for him so he's kind of like a kind of like the anti-hero, but almost, uh, but he's still just evil, evil to the core. 
Right, very much so. You cannot get on board with what he's trying to do, but when he explains why he's trying to do it, and again, I've read the comic book, so I had some landscape of what to expect, although it still blew my fucking mind. But yeah, he does. He's definitely he's definitely the anti-hero. You definitely at points feel for Thanos. And if you don't know the background of Thanos and don't know some of the things that have come into leading up, you need to go back and watch a lot of the movies um, to really prepare yourself for this movie. Because I can tell you, my wife, he's only a fringe. Like we, She watches all the Marvel movies with me. She watches all the superhero stuff with me. She's getting more and more into it because she's never read the comic book. She was absolutely fucking blown away um, by the movie. And she, not that she was lost, but she, there was definitely times she leaned over to me and she's like, what the fuck did that mean? Or what's going on now? And I had to, you know, very quietly, very quickly give her a quick little back set. Right. Um, but they really do a beautiful job of tying all the former movies in, um, as well as kind of setting the precipice for the next phase of movies. Yeah, that's what I gathered from what I saw, and I've read the comic books. I actually have the comic books, so I kind of know what happens, but you know, you never know if the movies are going to stick to uh, what was written in the comic books because you know we've seen it time and time again where they don't do that. They go off script and you know kind of do their own thing. Um, but um, from what I've read so far, and I've not seen the movie as of yet, and what I've gathered from uh, other people so far, it's it's stuck pretty close to the comic book. It does stick pretty close to the comic book with certain exceptions um, that have to be left out to either uh, movie rights or just 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 sheer understanding of because it's it's Poor an immense movie. Poor Wolverine gets written out of this fucking whole script, huh? Yeah, I mean, but he Wolverine can only be in so many fucking things. That's true. That's true. But just I mean, he is my favorite. He is my favorite of all comic book heroes. He is my very favorite. But the guy is in fucking everything. He is. <laughs> like you can't he can't be everywhere. So no, yes, there are there are certain changes that they had to make for things like that. I also like how they've taken because in the comic books everything is so serious. Yes it is. Very rarely do they have a do they have a few laughs or giggle here or there, unless it's a Spider Man or a Deadpool the character themselves are a funny character. They, the the MCU has done a nice job ever since Deadpool's kind of changed that. Like, Thor Ragnarok was hilarious. Yeah, uh, there was, was definitely a lot of funny. funny things about Thor Ragnarok. I know a lot of people didn't like Chris Hemsworth, the Thor character, having more a more lighthearted sense of humor. I really appreciated that. I did, so, too. I didn't want that, him to be, that, like, that cold, like, Captain America-ish, you know, you know, I'm the, you know, superhero, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to talk like this all the time. I'm never going to crack a joke. You know what I mean? That, that's well, that's Captain right. America. You know, he, Thor doesn't need to be like that too. You know what I mean? It's just no, so boring. Captain America needs Captain America needs to be straight laced. But Thor in the original Thor movies had to offset Loki, so they made him more of that kind of straight laced. More, you know, the one liners he, he comes out with are like, you know, in the original Avengers when they're talking about him being uh, crazy as a bag of cats. He says, "Careful, that is my brother you're talking about." And then in the very next sentence, he goes, well, he is adopted. So there, <laughs> there were little quips, but he had to play more of a straight-laced character. As they've developed him, he can now go a bit more 
uh, more silly. He can go a bit more wide range, which you see in, in Ragnarok, him having more of a sense of humor. And that continues on into the Infinity War, kind of, as far as Thor himself. Uh, they take him a step back with the humor, but you have Chris Pratt, Star-Lord. He's hilarious. Tony Stark is, is funny. And the way he interacts with Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Like I said, you have a lot of hum- uh, comedy with some very serious, heavy shit. And, uh, and the way they blend the two things together, um, it really is going to blow your mind. I-, I promise you by the end. If you go watch it, Will or anybody listening hasn't seen it yet, I promise by the end you're gonna be your mouth is gonna be on the floor. Well, you heard it from Jay right there. He, Jay gives you the two thumbs up for uh, Infinity Wars. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna be checking that out tomorrow and seeing it for the first time. So yeah, I'm sure I'm not gonna be disappointed from everything that I've heard, and especially from what you said, I'm sure I'm not gonna be disappointed. So that's uh, two thumbs up for uh, Avengers: Infinity War, uh, and uh, of course we're gonna be looking forward to the sequel when that when that uh, comes out. So. I'm uh, sure that'll be another blockbuster, uh, probably, what, another couple years? I think they have that scheduled for, Jay. Is that right? Next, next May. Next May already, so not even a year later. So there you go. All right, Jay. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast and discussing this film. I'm sure we're going to be looking forward to the second one, a sequel coming out next year. And so, uh, again, thanks so much, and we do appreciate it. My pleasure. So we're going to be getting into the main topic for the evening, which is time travel. So don't go anywhere. Stick around. Hello everyone, this is Ethan Clay from Ghostbusters, and you're listening to Dark Friends Radio. Well, listen, um, we're going to jump into the uh, main topic for tonight, which is time travel. Uh, this is a topic that, um, you know, I've been wanting to kind of cover for some time. And, you know, it's kind of silly to think about something like this sometimes because, you know, we see, um, you know, examples of this in movies and TV and such, you know. And, uh, you know, we kind of think this is such a far off concept. But in reality, it's really not. Um, you know, there's been so many examples of different you know people who have uh, said they've time traveled from you know from the future back now or even from the past to now um and there's a lot of examples of that and you know as we become you know more conscious in our uh our surroundings and and we become a little bit more understanding about how the universe works um i think we are understanding that time travel is not something that's so fictional anymore i said you know this is a perfect uh you know, topic for us to really get into because it's something that as you know, we've gotten older and um, wiser, I think we've kind of moved past the fact that it may not be such a conspiracy theory anymore. So uh, Jay, I asked you to, um, you know, look at uh, maybe a figure in the past that, or somebody that might be a good representation of, uh, of, you know, uh, of time travel. And um, who did you pick for, for this week? Uh, the guy I was looking up, or, or the story I followed, was on a man named Andrew Carlson. Uh, have you heard anything about this guy? Yeah, yeah, he's probably one of the more famous, um, you know, representations of um, you know people who said they've time traveled. Very interesting case. Yeah, explain, please. Yeah, I well, I, I found it most interesting because most of us, you know, we we 
if we're having the conversation around the dinner table and, and you start talking about going back in time, if you could go back in time, if time is truly cyclical and not linear in the way that we perceive it to be, and you could go back in time, what would you go do? And a lot of people might say they want to go watch the Titanic be built or, or historic events or poss- get the possibility of meeting uh, important figures, you know, kind of doing the whole Bill and Ted thing without the phone booth. Um, but let's be honest. We're humans, and we're greedy, materialistic animals. So uh, this Andrew Carlson kind of feeds on on that. March of 2003 in the Weekly World News, an article about a man named Andrew Carlson was published, uh, and the story goes kind of as such. Well, a 44-year-old man was arrested for insider trading. Upon his arrest, he said he was from the year 2256, according to the SEC or the Security of Exchange uh, Security and Exchange Commission. Andrew Carlson invested $800 through some very risky investments and was able, with no faults or losses, to balloon his amount up to $350 million. <laughs> yeah. That's a big boost in your portfolio, my friend. Yeah, yeah, with no losses. With $800. None. Bucks. Started with 800 bucks and ended with $350 million. Dude, if I could do that tomorrow... So let me guess. So huh. the the idea is since this guy had was able to do this and pull this off, he had to either have known of some type of insider trading or he would just had to have been a fucking time traveler, a time right? Time traveler. Well, that's exactly it. After 126 high-risk investments without losing a set, when the, the SEC and the FBI, there was no way, they said, that he could do this without having some insider trading knowledge or being a time traveler. So obviously FBI, SEC, not usually the type of people to believe in conspiracy theories or, you know, fucks around with the belief of things like time travel. Uh, they're going to go more towards the, uh, the first, that insider training. Uh, but when Carlson was captured, he gave a four hour confession explaining his play uh, and asking for leniency. And in trade for leniency, he would give information on future events. Like he was going to give out bin Laden's location and a cure for AIDS. Uh, he said he could give information um, if allowed to go back to his quote-unquote time craft uh, that was in a non-disclosed location. Uh, in the story, they, they do point out that there's no record of him actually there's, uh, existing before 2002. And what's probably most curious is after he had been detained, he did post the $1 million bail. Uh, well, somebody, a unknown person, posted his $1 million bail, uh, and he was set for court day on April 3rd, and he vanished. He's never been heard of or seen again. Yeah. I mean, explain that. There's no there's no way to explain such a thing. I mean, especially if you have no record of somebody like that in the system. How, how does one well, go... Well, I, I did some more research. I did some more research, and it turns out this is kind of a hoax. So, the story itself grabbed me because Again, it identified to something I honestly probably would do. You're not really supposed to go fucking with, you know, timelines and such. But let's be honest. If you do, no one's ever going to know but you. True. Whatever changes and ripples that happen, none of us will be, would be the wiser. There's no way for us to know. So it does capture that spirit. Like, what would it hurt if I went back and stay invested? Uh, like, I would go back to uh, the early days right before, you know, Apple became big, throw, throw a, a couple bucks, leave it there, 
fast forward and then go pick up my my uh, you know the interest a lot. Right. That that would be human because now you're in a much better financial position than you were when you left. Um. So it, it really spoke to me, but as I did some more research, the uh, World Weekly News, as I said, originally published this kind of like the National Enquirer for us. The problem was that while they did it mostly as a story to kind of like drum up some some paper sales, credible sources, things like Yahoo News, picked it up and ran it, and then it went viral on all kinds of social medias, which is actually where I originally found it. I originally found it on Facebook um, to do my extra my extracurricular research on it. Um, and they've come out and said that it's not true. Yeah, this this kind of things happens, unfortunately, especially with things on Facebook. Um, you know, that's usually uh, the area where you kind of want to like uh, always double check because that's probably. I, and I've done a lot of research on different platforms. That's the number one place to find fake shit. Believe it or not, not Twitter. <laughs> no, <laughs> not Twitter, not Instagram. Uh, but it's actually Facebook. That's the number one place to find the most fake shit ever. Um, but Shut yeah. the front door! <laughs> I, know, I don't right? believe that for a second. Facebook <laughs> seems so credible with people going on there, talking about how their life is complicated. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, not to mention, like, what was it? Five hundred billion? Uh, what was it? Fake uh, users were were eliminated by Facebook. I think it was like a couple a couple months ago where they said something like that. I think it was like five hundred million or something like that. So yeah, all yeah. those were fucking robots, and you know, God knows what kind of propaganda they were pushing out from there. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, you see these stories, and sometimes you know you see it and you read it, and you're like, man, this is a, uh, you know, it sounds so far fetched, but you know, it sounds so plausible too at the same time. But I'm glad you were able to sniff that out, Jay, and uh, find you know the real you know background on that information. So, all right, well, I'm gonna jump to my guy, um, and my guy is uh, Andrew Basiago, and uh, Andrew Basiago is a pretty interesting figure. Do you know anything about this guy, Jay? No, I've never heard of him before. Yeah, well, he's a pretty interesting dude. Um, you know, he was um, he was a guy that grew up in the '60s, and he had claimed that uh, he was a part of a um, Department of Defense uh, secret project called Project Pegasus. And Project Pegasus was a project that um, where they would use children as um, time travels, uh, you know, to use as for time travel to look into uh, the future and go into the past. Um, and the reason they used children was because children uh, were more capable of actually, um, you know, physically completing the task of time travel. Um, their mind was a little bit more open. And what they found that uh, was is that the older um, you know, participants in the time travel type program kind of went in crazy and insane. So they figured that the uh, they were able to figure out that the younger participants was uh, were able to actually ascertain this type of uh, travel a lot easier. Uh, without any kind of um, you know mental issues, but uh, so yeah, he said that he was part of this project, and it all started one day because his father actually worked for the Department of Defense as well. So it all started from the top there, and um, you know he claims that he's actually visited Mars, um, he's gone to the past, he's actually um, been at the Gettysburg Address uh, where Lincoln uh, spoke. He's actually uh, stated that he's been to Mars at least a few times using this jumps. Uh, jump floor type technology where you would go into this like elevator um, and then you would end up from one place to another. Um, his first experience that he had uh, in it was when he was a kid with his father. Um, he said that uh, his dad was going to take him out for ice cream one day and he ended up going to the lab. He recalls a uh, an instance where 
they went into the elevator and uh, where they lived uh, in, I believe it was Pennsylvania or New Jersey, somewhere around that area. And uh, next thing you know, they ended up in California about a half hour later. And so, <laughs> you know, this is a, a recanting, a, a retelling of a story that this kid had when, you know, this old gentleman had when he was a kid. And, um, you know, he said that's where it all started from there on out. Um, he said that he's been uh, going back uh, into, uh, you know, different time periods as well uh, to gather more information. Um, and that's the whole purpose of these time travel uh, trips is to gather information, gather you know, pieces of information that may, uh, you know, help the future. And um, so he's been going back and forth and uh, ends up on Mars supposedly a couple times and, yeah, it's a pretty interesting story because, you know, the guy is pretty smart. Um, you know, he's a, um, you know, he's one of those Mensa guys who's, uh, you know, high IQ, 157. Um, you know, he's an attorney um, in Washington. So a very well-accomplished guy. He's written a bunch of books. Um, very, very smart. But, you know, you have this guy who's making these claims and there's very little to refute. But there's also a lot to be questioned as well. A lot of it can't be corroborated, can't be, you know, uh, solidified in any other way. So, you know, you got this guy who's claiming this, but it's very fantastical kind of, you know, uh, claims of being able to time travel, you know, do all these things. But um, again, like I said, nothing to refute um, at the same time. And he's got a lot of information in it, talking about um, how he actually wants to run for presidency, too. Um, he actually does believe that he uh, will end up being president at some point in the future. Um, he did talk about um, Trump as of recent on uh, one of his YouTube videos. And, um, you know, he kind of claimed that how this was all kind of like a hoax, almost kind of like a um, all, all, most of a charade. You know, some of us think that the whole political scheme is a charade in itself. That's what he's pretty, pretty much, uh, you know, propagating as well. Um, and, but still, which I found kind of funny because if you're saying that you also want to be a part of that at the same time. So, you know, a lot, it raises a lot of questions. You kind of have to look at these stories with, you know, with, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but you know, a lot of, um, you know, very fantastical, uh, claims that this guy's had. Have you heard about any of this stuff, Jay? Oh, I haven't, but it definitely sounds like there's a lot of ups and downs to it. Yeah, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of ups and downs. Dude, and yeah, see no, what I did there? Yeah, elevator. I, I got it. Ups I got and downs. It. <laughs> well, he's a. Uh... Uh, I mean, well, here's the whole thing, right? Uh, and this is my my whole take on on time travel. Uh, do I believe it's possible? Yes, I believe it's possible. But theoretically, and I'm going to talk like I'm smart when I'm really not. This is something I heard smart people say once. If time travel was or if time travel, if time travel is capable, it would have always been capable. Know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. But maybe again, that maybe there was an advanced civilization that was able to do that that also got wiped out. So we kind of lost some of that information throughout the time. Distinct possibility. Distinct possibility. That's, and that's the other thing about about uh, saying you're a time traveler, saying that you've traveled back from the future. You can make things, you can, you can make kind of accusations, They're not accusations, but you can say things and try to give, you know, what almost seems like perceiving the future, but there's no way to know until the future happens. So it's almost impossible to refute unless you really want to call somebody just a crazy ass fucking liar. Uh, that's, that's exactly right. Here, let me uh, play a little clip uh, regarding um, time travel and what some of the scientists think of, about this. Hold on. But is it possible to travel through time? 
Surprisingly, science says yes. We travel through time already at a rate of one hour per hour. That is how we perceive time, measuring our progress in annual birthdays. But Albert Einstein's theory of special relativity says we each perceive time differently. The closer you travel to the speed of light relative to other objects nearby, the slower time passes for you. Furthermore, Einstein's theory of general relativity says that time passes more slowly for objects held in gravitational fields, like us on Earth, than for objects further away, like satellites in orbit. That's why clocks on GPS satellites have to be regularly corrected to keep them synchronized with clocks on the planet. All this means that if you were to get into a craft to travel away from Earth at close to the speed of light for five years, then turn around and come back at the same speed, you would have aged by ten years, as you'd expect. But on Earth, everyone would have aged by twenty-nine years. With this in mind, scientists agree it is possible to hop into the future by taking advantage of how time is distorted by extreme gravitational fields and light-speed travel, by orbiting a black hole for some years, or by going through a wormhole, a bridge through space-time predicted by Einstein. We could go forwards in time. Einstein concluded it is impossible to travel backwards in time. However, his friend and logician Kurt Gödel argued that the theory of relativity does allow us to travel into the past. Gödel postulated that if the universe is rotating and you traveled around it fast enough, you would arrive before you left. You could travel back to any point in your own history. Unfortunately, this method of time travel depends on the universe rotating in a steady state, whereas most scientists think it is really expanding. Another way it may be possible to travel back in time was put forward by Dr. Frank Tipler. He hypothesized that if a spacecraft accelerated along a massive, infinitely long cylinder which was spinning on its longitudinal axis, space-time would be warped in such a way that the craft would travel into the past. Unfortunately, all these methods of time travel are well beyond the feasible capabilities of mankind. Light speed requires far too much energy to attain. Wormholes have yet to be observed, and building an infinitely long cylinder is literally impossible. So yeah, it's a pretty、uh, interesting take there.、Uh, you know, they they say it's possible. They say it's possible to go forward. They say it's possible to go backward. I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility、uh, when it comes to science. And you know, again, it's.、Um, I think it's what it actually got down to at the end there, what the point that was made that you know we don't have the capability yet, we don't have the technology yet to move at that speed to actually test that theory. I think once we do have that、uh, capability, then I think that's when time travel is going to be able to be possible,、uh, when we can actually travel in light speeds and stuff like that. So、um, yeah, pretty interesting, huh, Jay? Oh, extremely interesting.、Uh, I mean, it's fun to again, it's fun to hypothesize and say. What would it take? And once you figure out what it would take, how exactly would it work? And once you figured out exactly how it works, what do you do with this knowledge? And what kind of responsibilities are you going to be tasked with if you do say go back and or forward in time? You know, that's that's a lot of really deep and heavy shit to think about. Yeah, it is. It is. And let me um, I wanted to also play a little story、uh, regarding Andy ba-、uh, Basciago and、um, what he claims that.、Uh, He saw, you know, growing up as a kid as well. Here, hold on one second, Jay. 
Six-year-old Andrew Bashiaka was about to have the most incredible day of his life. My dad called out to my mother and said, "Hun, I'm taking Andy to the hardware store. Instead, he drove me up to the old aeronautical company facility in Woodridge, New Jersey, a large defense technical experimental area that dated back to World War II. As they enter the facility, Andrew wonders why his father Frank would bring him to a place like this. I didn't know what was happening. Andrew's dad leads him to a secret room. Inside is something unlike anything he's ever seen before. It was so strange. It essentially consisted of two elliptical-shaped booms that were about eight feet tall and about ten feet across. It's a machine that's beyond Andrew's comprehension. Whatever it is, his father is clearly in charge. But why? And what is it for? And the technician turned the device on. As Andrew watches, the booms begin to spin, generating a strange cascade of energy. It looked almost like water falling in a public fountain. It was a very beautiful, sort of shimmering field of energy. As the energy field from the machine grows, Andrew's dad does something incredible. He tells his son to take his hand. Then, the unimaginable happens. We, we counted down in one, two, three. On the count of three. We jumped through the field of energy. We seemed to be moving, and I could ultimately see a point of light in the distance. And that light reached us very quickly and accelerated. And when the light hit us, we were elsewhere in the country. Now, my father didn't tell me where we were going. In fact, we were jumping 2,005 miles through this vortical tunnel in the fabric of time space to the state capital grounds in Santa Fe, New Mexico. It's an astonishing claim. Did two humans actually? Transport from New Jersey to New Mexico in the blink of an eye. What happened to Andrew and his father? Is his story just the wild fantasy of a six-year-old? Bashiago believes there is only one answer. I think I must have teleported. Imagine traveling through the Lincoln Tunnel in New York City at 10,000 miles per hour without any automobile around. That's sort of what it was like. We were physically moving through a vortical tunnel in the fabric of time-space. Had Andrew's father Frank invented the world's first teleportation machine, and if so, why? Frank Bashiaco was no ordinary dad. During the Cold War, the U.S. and Soviets raced for military superiority. Frank was head of a top-secret American research team who were conducting experiments into teleportation. Why did Frank use his son as a guinea pig? I think my dad's immediate goal in inviting me to teleport was to show that if teleportation was safe for his son, it was safe for anybody's child. Pretty interesting, huh, Jay? I mean, that's a that's a bold claim. I mean, you got you got dad there who's uh, working for you know the government, doing exactly what you know he's claiming, and uh, maybe pulling off you know this uh, feat of technology. It's interesting for damn sure. I mean, who's to say if it's real or not real? But it definitely uh, gets the uh, the ire of imagination going.
Yes, it does. Yes, it does. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to put a wrap on this uh, for this week. Um, listen, Jay, thanks so much for, uh, you know, coming on the podcast and doing the time travel thing. We can't forget, uh, of course, at the end of the podcast, uh, we're going to do your uh, what to watch for this week. Jay, so um, if you could tell me, uh, what do you have for this week for what to watch? It's a show I actually just saw my first episode of it, but I'm now going to watch a lot more. It's called American Monster. Um, and what they do is they'll, they take uh, somebody who's, who's been a sensationalized killer, sometimes auxiliary killers. The one I watched this evening was on a, a house mother who was poisoning her husband and daughter and was eventually found out by her son. Oh, um, but they show like the home movies of these people and kind of chronicling as things are progressively getting worse. Well, that sounds it's fucking pretty freaky. I, I've heard of that story about that lady um, poisoning her family slowly but surely. Yeah, I I hadn't heard of it, although I was able to guess about a quarter of the way through kind of what happened. Oh, yeah. But still, it, it's... And I'm not big into horror movies. and I, My wife watches a lot of ID. I really don't for the most part. Um, but I really like this show. I like seeing the human side of these people because you... You have to wonder. So, if somebody who's a sociopath, sociopathic enough to poison her husband and daughter and her son. She tried to poison her son. Right. But then in these movies, you see she looks like this caring person, and, and she looks like she has empathy in it. And it really shows you how scary and emp- uh, somebody who's, who's a true psychopath can be. Because if, if you can fake empathy, uh, that's a talent. That is a talent. And who, you know, what more, the, more scarier than the human being, right? Exactly. Yeah. So again, what is it called? Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe that was what the rattlesnake, the bear, and the shark were trying to do. They were tag teaming <laughs> to try to get one less human being off this planet. Yeah, they were like uh, population control, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so American monster, you said, huh? Right. American monster. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. Okay. Well, uh, that brings us to uh, Dick of the Week. Jay, who do you have for Dick of the Week this week? My Dick of the Week. It is a common dick of the week. My dick of the week is not my dick of the week for the reason why he's usually the dick of the week. My dick of the week this week is Colin Kaepernick. Oh, geez. Now, very popular to take the Colin Kaepernick dick of the week side, saying that they don't like how he was kneeling for the the flag and uh, they don't like a lot of the the stuff he's done with the whole Fidel Castro shirt when he came down to to Miami to um, try out for the Dolphins and the whole pigs on the socks thing. And uh, and I get it. As far as I'm concerned, those are things he wants. If, if that's how he wants to represent himself, then that's fine. Uh, I personally stand when I hear the national anthem. I believe in the flag. I also do believe that there is some serious racial injustices and some social injustices that need to be addressed, and I can appreciate him taking that step to create conversation. Although I do think that at this point he's starting to draw too much attention away from the actual reason why, because now the kneeling is just getting obnoxious to everybody. That being said, still not the reason why he's my dick of the week. He is my dick of the week because he is suing the NFL over collusion. Yeah. I heard about which that. means. Yeah. He's saying that all these rich white NFL team owners, have banded together to say we are not going to let him have a job because when he comes out, everybody starts kneeling. Now, I mean, maybe they all feel that way. It's hard to prove collusion, but ultimately, 
especially in a job where public persona is huge and tied to revenue, which is honestly all any NFL cares, owner cares about is all about revenue, all about making a dollar. Right. So he's suing them for blackballing them. But in reality, he shot himself in the foot multiple times. He was going to have a tryout with the uh, Ravens. And they ended up backing out because something his girlfriend posted on social media. Yeah, I saw that bonehead move. He was going to he was going to have a tryout with the Seahawks. But they ended up backing out because he simply wouldn't answer the question of if he's going to kneel again. Now, the, the Seahawks have proven that they don't care what you do as long as you're honest about it. But he couldn't even do that to say, yes, I'm planning on kneeling, or no, I'm not planning on kneeling, or whatever he was planning on doing. He wouldn't answer the question, trying to prove that they're blackballing him, but all he's doing is proving that he's going on job interviews. Like, let's think about this. He's going on a job interview and refusing to answer a question from a possible employer. And it's not exactly like he's Dan Marino or Joe Montana. He got my 49ers to a Super Bowl. Ultimately, was their first Super Bowl loss in franchise history. Not bitter. Not at all. He had... Not at all. He had a good arm. Yeah, he had a really, he had a really strong arm. I, I don't know about the accuracy. And he was super mobile. But he got an injury, which a lot of mobile quarterbacks do, and he wasn't able to move the same. He didn't have the same fearlessness when he got outside the pocket. So it was his shoulder that got hurt. So he also lost his zip on the ball. His last season with the 49ers, it wasn't a great season. Now, granted, there wasn't a lot of things around him to help make him great. And you could make the argument that he is better Physically, he has more physical attributes and give than some of the backups in the NFL. But we also don't know what he's asking for for a salary. We do know that every time he goes on onto what seems to be a potential tryout, he's doing something to shoot himself in the foot, i.e. social media, Fidel Castro shirt, pigs on socks, things of these, this nature. Yet he's going to go ahead and say that the NFL is the reason, the NFL owners, have been together to say, no, we're not going to hire Colin Kaepernick. I don't know, Colin. Maybe try not pissing off people you're trying to get a job from. Yeah, yeah, I, I get you. And, you know, I, I agree with you when it comes to that. Um, I also did hear, though, that there was some type of leaked tapes out there that did kind of point the finger at the owners colluding together, stating that, yeah, they're not going to, they're going to basically not hire this guy no matter what. So I don't know, man. It's kind yeah, of, it's a weird situation. I, 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 I've heard those too, but here's the thing. They only cover so much, and let's be real. Those 32 owners in the NFL, they aren't the type of people to be pushed around by anybody. They're very independent. Absolutely right. Wealthy, strong-minded. If one of them wants to hire Colin Kaepernick, they'll hire Colin Kaepernick, because who the fuck's going to stop him? Yeah, I think somebody's going to have to, like, they're going to get together and they're going to have to come together and say, all right, so who's going to take the bullet for this guy? Who's going to take this guy on their team, right? Nobody's going to. You don't think so? Nobody's going to because here's the thing. He's not good enough to warrant the negative publicity that him kneeling takes. Now, I, again, while I don't agree with him kneeling for the National Anthem, it's his form of protest. That flag, that song, that national anthem that he's protesting is the exact reason why he has the opportunity to protest. That's so fine. True. That's true. Take your opportunity. Protest. You don't agree with, you, you think there's some serious social injustices, which there are, and you want to talk about it, and you want to use your platform, do it. 
but be prepared for the fallout. Be prepared for the fallout. Now, and yes, you can look at things and say things like Michael Vick. Michael Vick got a second opportunity to get in the league after what he did, which I don't even want to speak about. Okay, but I can tell you that when he was trying to get back in the league, I said as a 49er fan, I would not want Michael Vick on my on my team. He did not meet for me a high enough caliber player and a good enough opportunity to win to offset the awful things that A, he had done, and B, the negative publicity and, and drama that having him on the team was going to provide. Nobody has really looked at that. Colin Kaepernick is simply coming out and saying that they're going, they don't want to give me a job because they don't like the fact that I kneel. Well, in a way, yes, that is true. They don't want to give you a job because you kneel, but I don't think it has to do with the fact that he's actually kneeling because plenty of other teams have allowed players to kneel. But if you look at it, those players were, A, still respectful of, of the franchise in which they played for, and B, were able to do it in ways where it wasn't so super-duper offensive to where it pissed off an entire customer base for said franchise and team. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, free, you know, being able to, you know, speak your mind freely, you know, doesn't mean that you're not, you know, you're impenetrable or, or impervious to the backlash that comes with it. You know, yeah, you could say whatever you want, but there's going to be backlash to it. And you could do whatever you want. There's going to be backlash to it. So like Jay, like you said, be prepared for the backlash. So I totally agree with you for Dick of the Week on that one, Jay. So uh, anything else for uh, this week? Uh, that's it for me. I'm glad we're, we're back in the flow. I thank you everybody for being patient with us. I know, uh, it was a couple weeks without us, but, um, thanks for being with us. Thanks for supporting us. And thank you for being patient these last few weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. And just want to remind everybody again, social media, Facebook, Twitter, and of course, Instagram. You can look us up on Dark Fringe Radio. Uh, every day we have new stuff coming out there on a daily basis there. And uh, I'm doing show recaps on a weekly basis now, too. So expect to see those um, on those social medias as well. Again, if you want to send us a message, you can send it to us at thedarkfringe at gmail.com. Again, thedarkfringe at gmail.com. Uh, again, it's uh, Will Martinez for Jay Colosi. Again, thanks so much for joining on the podcast. Uh, we'll have another one for you next week. So please just spread the word and thank you so much. And we'll see you guys again next week. If I could save time in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do is to save every day till eternity passes away just to spend them with you. forever If words could make wishes come true I'd save every day like a treasure and then again I would spend them
had a box just for wishes and dreams that had never come true. The box would be empty except. 